Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you for, uh, for joining this session. Uh, my name is uh, Remus Moyes. Uh, I'm an engineering manager with the uh, Amazon uh, text-to-speech team, uh, the team that powers uh, Amazon Poly. Um, and I will be talking to you today about, uh, about the service, about the Poly service. Um, give a couple of tics and tips and tricks about uh, how to bring the Poly uh, voices to, to live. And I will invite later, during presentation, I will invite to the stage uh, uh, the creator of uh, one of uh, Alexa's most popular skills, the magic door, who will also um, go through uh, some of the ways he, um, some of the, the tricks he uses to, uh, to create a, a magic experience using the, the poly voices. Um, how, how many of you here are familiar with Polly? Thank you. That's uh, very helpful. It helped me calibrate uh, my presentation. Um, okay. Uh, so I will talk to you about the service um, and how text-to-speech works uh, a little bit. Uh, then I will introduce some of the um, new voices uh, that we have launched since last year's uh, reInvent when we launched Poly uh, itself. Um, I will go through the uh, couple of examples of, of how to use, how to control um, the, the voices, how to bring, how to make them uh, produce more than um, they normally do without, without uh, SSML, and I will later go into what SSML is. Um, and um, then uh, we will go through uh, the, you know, explain uh, how um, to get most out of poly voices through the magic door, the example of magic door. Um, and then if time allows, we will uh, take some questions. Okay. Poly is a text-to-speech service. It converts text uh, to lifelike speech. Um, it offers uh, 52 uh, voices that speak 25 languages altogether. Um, uh, poly, the Poly service is, is, is a fast service. Uh, it is fully capable of um, powering um, real-time systems. And uh, it allows developers to, uh, you know, to create speech, to generate speech, and uh, store it, cache it on their applications, within their applications or uh, devices, uh, replay it uh, an unlimited number of times at no additional cost. Um, poly is, Amazon Poly is easy to use. Is, uh, you can do that, I mean, you can generate speech through, uh, I mean, in two ways, to uh, either through the Poly console, uh, which is available uh, on the uh, AWS uh, website. Um, it's a very simple uh, GUI, um, and you can, I mean, it has two modes, either plain, plain text or SSML, where you can specify, uh, explicitly get a, uh, um, a, a way of, of pronouncing certain things or many other features that can uh, be unlocked through SSML. And uh, obviously choose the, the, the voice uh, that you want to generate speech with uh, and uh, play or download uh, the generated audio um, with, uh, in a number of formats. Um, 
And you can do the same through the API, um, which allows for uh, a number of operations. Um, and there's also a, a feature called a lexicon, which allows for customization of uh, pronunciations. Um, and I will have an example later uh, in one of the later slides. Okay, um, a few words about uh, text to speech in general, uh, about how speech is produced. Uh, traditionally, uh, text to speech systems uh, can be looked at uh, as you know a front end and a back end. Usually, the front end is focused on text processing, uh, and the back end is focused on the actual generation of, of the, uh, the audio signal. Um, and the first step of the, the front end is, um, well, transform, text normalization, transforming any input text into a series of uh, plain words. Um, and based on those words and based on the, the relations between those words and so on, um, the system generates a, well, it's not only a phonetic transcription, it's a lot more than that. It, you, could, you can call it a linguistic representation of speech. It goes into uh, the, um, you know, the, whether, I mean, it, breaks, it breaks words into phonemes, but it also takes, it takes into account uh, many relations uh, between these phonemes, between words. It matters when producing speech whether a given speech unit is at the beginning of the word, the beginning of the sentence, it influences intonation, many aspects of, uh, of, of, of speech. And then based on this uh, linguistic representation, um, the back end generates the, uh, the actual uh, audio, right, the, the, the signal. 100% recycled, eight and a half by 11 inch, 20 pounds office paper, 3,000 count. That's what uh, the Joanna boy sounds like when synthesizing this, this input text. Um, and as you've seen, I mean, uh, I chose a, one of the most complicated uh, uh, te input texts. I, uh, you know, I uh, was able to, uh, to quickly, quickly find there are, certain, there's, there are many challenges in text speech I mean, a text speech uh, system needs to deal with in order to uh, synthesize speech just like a human would. And um, one of the challenges is the so-called G2P, uh, which is short for grapheme to phoneme. It's transforming the written form into spoken form. Um, it depends, I mean, the, the complexity of this system depends a lot on the language, uh, with English being one of the most complex. Uh, I mean, Spanish is very straightforward. Uh, is, yeah, it, you know, you can think of even uh, a rule-based system that, that can get that pretty much any text, uh, right? But in, you know, in this example, you know, uh, uh, rough, though, and through, uh, the same sequence of, uh, of, of graphemes uh, result in a different uh, pronunciation. Uh, other challenges are uh, homographs, which are words uh, written the same way but pronounced differently depending on, um, on the context and, you know, live life. Uh, or read read and so many more and many more um, and yeah I mean the difference between these two are is uh, that um, while for uh, 
live in this context, you can, you can pretty much understand it from the context. You need so much more in the case of, I read this book. It can very well be, I read this book, right? They're both correct. Um, fortunately, we have SSML to sometimes help the, the system. Uh, this complexity can also appear at uh, the textualization level, uh, where you have um, homographic uh, abbreviations like ST dot, which can be expanded both as, as street and uh, and saint, and many other complexity, uh, many other challenges depending on the the language. Um, I don't want to go into uh, the challenges of the Japanese uh, writing system, which is by far the most complex one. Uh, but even for English, right, you have a lot of uh, many, I mean, you have many um, uh, intrusions uh, from uh, other languages which need to be uh, pronounced according to the uh, pronunciation rules of the um, language of origin um, or non-standard words. Yeah, and I will le let the new Amazon Poly voices speak from the, for, uh, for themselves. 안녕하세요. 제 이름은 서연이에요. 리인벤트 2017에 오신 것을 환영합니다. Uh, this is a new addition to our, not only our portfolio of uh, voices, but also languages. It's our first Korean voice. Uh, Hi, I'm Matthew. I'm a new addition to the Poly voice portfolio. I do great impersonations of Batman. That's true. I mean, really. はじめまして。Amazonポリーの声の仲間入りをしました。水木と共によろしくお願いします。Takumi uh, adds to uh, to the already existing uh, female Japanese voice, Mizuki. Um, and there's, you know, as a result of, of the feedback we got from customers who requested um, who requested uh, a male voice. Uh, for a male Japanese voice as well. We listened to, uh, um, uh, to your feedback, uh, and we definitely include that into, you know, uh, into our prioritization and roadmap, and uh, this is the result of that. Hallo, mein Name ist Vicky. Willkommen bei reInvent 2017. Vicky is uh, a new German voice, uh, which does very well with the so-called Denglish. Uh, Denglish is a, uh, well, it's what Germans call the frequent intrusions of uh, English words into their normal day-to-day uh, -day speaking. Um, and um, we got really good feedback on the voice from, uh, from customers who say that this is the best German voice available on the market. Hello, my name is Aditi. Welcome to reInvent 2017. A new Indian English voice. Um, it adds to uh, the already existing uh, Ravina uh, on our portfolio. Um, and also based on feedback we received from customers, we chose to build a new voice of a more genuine and convincing Indian accent. All right. Um, I mentioned earlier uh, a number of times, uh, I mentioned SSML, which is a uh, you know, W3C uh, uh, recommendation. Um, it's an XML-based uh, uh, you know, markup language dedicated to, uh, to speech-based uh, to speech applica speech applications. 
Um, and Poly is compliant with, uh, with the standard, with this recommendation. It can allow you to, I mean, it allows you to control uh, various aspects of uh, speech, such as uh, speech rate, pitch, volume. Um, it can, uh, I mean, it allows you to specify how to pronounce, how the voice would, voices would pronounce certain words in a certain way uh, that is perhaps non-standard, um, and, uh, and, and so on. Um, and uh, yeah, and I will go through a number of examples now of how to use SSML. And this is a first simple, um, simple to easy to use uh, tag, which allows you to basically um, uh, output the, um, the, the text that you want to synthesize, while underneath you actually tell the speech engine to pronounce a certain word uh, in a different way. Uh, so in this case, Al, oh, actually there's a sample. My favorite chemical element is aluminum, but Al prefers magnesium. Right. Um, the Lang tag. Um, you can think of applications, or let me put it differently. Similarly, as, uh, as I mentioned earlier, in, uh, in the case of Denglish, right, where you have intrusions, uh, English intrusions in the, the common uh, German language, uh, you can think of all, all, all kinds of, of use cases uh, for other languages as well, for the other voices. So um, in this example, uh, Sebastian Kurz uh, would be pronounced according, if not tag, it would be pronounced according to the English pronunciation rules. Uh, so not Sebastian, but Sebastian. Uh, we, if we mark that specifically as German, uh, well, he's actually Austrian, but uh, nevertheless, uh, if we mark that as German, uh, then uh, the engine will use the, uh, the pronunciation rules of the German language, and it will apply that. It will choose the right representation, uh, and then eventually the right sequence of, of, of phonemes uh, to, to pronounce it closer, a lot closer to, uh, to German, to the actual German pronunciation. Let me demo that for you. Sebastian Kurz, Austrian conservative set to become world's youngest leader. And obviously this can be applied to any combination of, uh, of languages from the uh, poly, poly uh, portfolio of languages. Right. Um, the expletive uh, tag. It's a, it's a feature released uh, earlier this year. Um, and um, it can be used to, uh, you know, to bleep words or phrases uh, for certain audiences um, when certain content is not appropriate, uh, for whatever reason. Uh, I chose a long, one of the longest, uh, well, the longest words just to, to demo it uh, in a, well, more accurately, uh, this is what it sounds like. The longest word in English is That was long. Uh, but Polly does a very good job, um, and is, you know, the pronunciation of any text is, uh, is very accurate. Um, and so this word can be pronounced, I mean, uh, accurately. It's, uh, we, we don't have to bleep it. 
The longest word in English is pneumono ultramicroscopic silicovolcanoconiosis. We learn something every day. Um, right, another uh, tag uh, can be uh, very, very straightforward. Uh, can be used to to spell um, to spell words out, um, such as handkerchief. Here is how you spell handkerchief: H A N D K E R C H I E F. Um, yeah, Polly doesn't have a problem with that. So, uh, and um, yeah, I mean, this is an example of uh, how the rate and pitch attributes of the prosody tag can be used to, uh, to do impersonations. Uh, well, basically to change some of the, characteristic of the characteristics of the voice so that it basically resembles uh, uh, a whole new voice. Um, and I use Matthew, the new one, uh, which, uh, you know, talked about himself as do, being do, uh, great at uh, doing impersonation of Batman. Alfred. Did you know there is a city called Batman in Turkey? Yeah. Um, I mentioned the lexicon feature earlier, uh, which can be used to create custom pronunciations for certain words. Um, you don't need to be a, uh, you know, a, a phonetician or an expert in phonology to, uh, to create that. Uh, you know, to create entries into the lexicon. Um, there are many resources out there uh, that can, uh, on the internet, that can give you uh, really good hints of how to transcribe a, uh, or give you the actual trans transcription of uh, most of the English words, uh, and not only English words. Um, uh, Poly supports both IPA, the International Phonetic Alphabet, and Exampa. Uh, so there are two standards, um, and um, this right here is uh, is Exampa, uh, and yeah. So the lexicon allows you to uh, to customize pronunciation. So there's, I mean, there's still debate whether GIF should be pronounced GIF or GIF. Uh, you can choose one and then consistently consistently apply that pronunciation throughout your whole text without changing that every time this voice appears. Um, or, you know, um, in case of homographs and specifically difficult homographs for a TTS system uh, where there's no context, such as, you know, uh, names, and especially in a case of foreign names. Uh, I mean, what's a foreign name in English nowadays? Um, but, you know, David versus David, but uh, I will demo that as well. So that's the, uh, the input text. Um, and by applying this, uh, these uh, lexicon entries uh, earlier, you get the, the following uh, output. I like this GIF. That's without applying it. I like this GIF. And this is after applying it. And similarly for the second example. Here's my friend David. Here's my friend David. So default versus custom. Okay, and um, and you can even have fun with uh, with SSML. Um, and um, we actually uh, 
played a little bit, a uh, number of a number of occasions. We demoed, uh, you know, how much, how many things can be achieved uh, by just applying SSML. This is one of the the great examples. Uh, yeah. I'm at 500 and I want 550, 550 bid on 550. I'm at 500. Would you go 550, 550 for the gentleman in the corner? A big black bug, get a big black bear, a big black bug, get a big black bear. Do we get 600? A big black bug, get a big black bear. We got 600 for the whole herd sold for 600. There you go. <laughs> you don't need to, uh, to get training for that. Um, and yeah, and it's just applying, just, this can be achieved by just, uh, by simply applying um, a few attributes of the, uh, the prosody rate. Um, all within the, the, the speak uh, tag, which is bas the basic document, the basic document, uh, SSML document required by, um, uh, by Polly. All right, then it is my uh, privilege now to invite Andy Huntwork, uh, the founder and uh, CEO of uh, The Magic Door. Thanks. And there you go. Great. <clears throat> so uh, this is gonna be great because I lost my voice and then I spilled my tea on my shirt. So uh, who can hear me in the back? You guys hear me? Okay, great. I guess we're doing okay. Uh, so, we, uh, so I run the Magic Door, which is a fairly popular Alexa skill. And uh, it's been, you know, we, we built it uh, almost two years ago at this point. And uh, we, it was a side project, and it turned out to be much more enjoyable for customers than we expected. Uh, we've had uh, 900,000 players. Uh, they've played for millions of minutes, uh, eight, 8 million minutes or more. Um, and, um, and the way we, it, what it is, is interactive storytelling by voice. Here's an example. Welcome back to the Haunted Lighthouse. Madam Pharaoh turns to face us. Ah, yes. Now, you, you have a passion for adventure. Tell me, are you interested in a new challenge? Okay, so that's, uh, that's from our newest story, The Haunted Lighthouse Adventure. You can play it by saying, Alexa, open the magic door. It's also available on other uh, voice ecosystems. Um, and, uh, and so what we do is we tell stories by voice. And we use a combination of text-to-speech voices, including Amazon Polly, uh, human voices, sound effects, background sounds, and foreground sounds. Um, and, uh, and we've just spent a ton of time over the last couple of years, uh, just like hundreds, hundreds of hours, just sitting there playing with SSML to get just the effect that we want. Uh, so what I want to tell you about today is uh, what you know some some approaches that you can use in your uh, voice applications uh, to use Amazon Polly most effectively, and also um, the other thing that we have recently done is we kind of we thought that uh, the audio engine for the Magic Door is this reusable component that makes basically Alexa skills, generally speaking, sound better, uh, and so we pulled it out and it's called Tailstreamer, uh, and you can use Tailstreamer to create the multi-layered background sound, foreground sound. Um, Type of, uh, type of effect that we use in the Magic Door and apply it to your Alexa skill or you know, anywhere else that you want to use poly voices or just um, any kind of uh, dynamic audio application. It has a RESTful API uh, and also an interactive text editor. So you can kind of create audio files on the fly or through an API. So what we're going to do is talk about like, uh, what we do in the Magic Door to take full advantage of Amazon Poly and also you know, how you could use um, our tool, Tailstreamer, uh, to, to create multi-layered uh, sound for your own voice application. Here's an example of something you could do. Welcome to Tailstreamer by the Magic Door. You can add audible personality, branding, and emotion to your voice bot using Tailstreamer. We're all here to help. Let's get started. 
So that's all, uh, that's all generated by our markup language. There's a few inputs to that, obviously. Uh, one is some sound files. Another is we uh, really like the wizard that we used in the magic door, and so uh, he's that first voice. That's not synthesized. But after that, you can hear Amy, which was one of our uh, favorite Amazon Poly voices, and then Ravina. And we'll be talking about Ravina quite a bit today. Uh, so that's, um, that's kind of an example of Tail Streamer. So, uh, so here's how uh, we use um, Amazon Poly for the magic door. Uh, so first, we have, you know, we, have, uh, we have a lot of, I guess, a lot of audio content that we've authored over time. And so we have a process. The first thing we do is we write a story, a branching story with a lot of choices uh, and puzzles, like hidden object games, like you have to fix a machine by finding pieces and a lot of different, you know, different things that you can do with a, a voice-based game that's kind of a narrative uh, style. So we do those things. We have a proprietary markup language uh, that's XML-based that, um, that we use internally to represent like, the branching nature of the story. And then uh, as soon as we've done that, we can kind of start previewing our story and just hear it in a kind of plain, basic, uh, default voice using Amazon Poly. Um, and that's, you know, that sounds okay, but that's not where we end. Uh, at this point, we start adding sound effects, and then we uh, then once we've heard like you know doors opening and closing and footsteps and kind of the normal things that you would use sound uh, foreground sound effects for, then we figure out which characters do we really need to have humans voice because they have a very particular uh, sound or they have uh, they just need a ton of emotional range or something specific, and uh, like the wizard for example. And then, uh, then we launch our story. And then what, what is most, I guess, important is that over the last couple of years, we've just constantly been iterating on our application all the time based on user feedback, uh, like where are users getting stuck or what are they not really having fun with, and also based on analytics. Like we can see where they're getting, we can see where they're getting stuck. And they could get stuck for a variety of reasons. One of them is um, like it's too hard of a puzzle or the application is broken, usually that doesn't happen. Uh, but then another is uh, that, our, that our language model for our voice application uh, does not understand the specific things that our output uh, leads them to say. And so we can fix that kind of problem very quickly just by changing our content. And in fact, we just apply a lot of quick fixes to our content, we're just constantly doing that to improve the user experience. And uh, this is why we just love using Amazon Poly. Because whereas a voice actor, you could get them to record it, and it would sound good, uh, then, if, then you're stuck. Like, hey, now you have to call that guy back again. And if he's sick or whatever, or he gets a different job, uh, then, I don't know, I guess you just re-record the whole thing, which um, we did at one time for the wizard and a couple other characters. It was annoying. But with Amazon Polly, they're always there. They never call in sick, and, um, and uh, they sound great usually. So. Um, and they let us, and we can do quick fixes, we can do A-B tests, we can do anything we want to. So that's, uh, that's our process. So what we're gonna do now is we're gonna walk through an example of how we in the Magic Door achieve um, uh, a like a character that we wanted to build uh, using the Amazon Poly Voices. So let's listen to this example first. While we walk over to the chairs, Madam Pharaoh sits down and plays us a tune. She turns to you, taking your closest hand into both of hers. She examines it. Ah, yes. Now, you. You have a passion for adventure. And, look at this. You are a good problem solver. Now, 
Let me see. Aha! You are clearly very brave. My profound intuition tells me that you, yes, you two, make a great team. Together you can do wonderful things and journey far. And I believe you two would be perfect for a particular challenge that needs solving. Tell me, are you interested in a new challenge? Okay, so that's Madame Farrow. Uh, maybe I should have said this before, but she is a fortune, she's a fortune teller in our story. And you run across her uh, before you've figured out that there is a haunted lighthouse, and she explains like the problem to you, essentially. And she kind of tells your fortune, and then, um, uh, and then she kind of says, you, you should go do this adventure, and you should um, save the pirate captain who's been marooned as a ghost in this lighthouse for hundreds of years, and you need to save him by fixing the lighthouse. So anyway, that's the story, and you can play by saying, Alexa, open the magic door. But, um, but uh, that's the character, Madame Farrow, the fortune teller. So uh, this is where we ended up. And so the question is, how did we get from the XML like that my wife wrote? My, um, by the way, it's, uh, I don't write the SSML. Uh, my author is my wife. She knows everything about SSML and all these characters. And, um, and so I say what she told me to say. But um, so uh, here we are. And um, uh, the question is, how did we get from the story that she wrote to the voice that ended up being uh, what we think is pretty good? Uh, so the first thing we do, what we kind of treat the TTS characters like uh, norm, like people, uh, and so we would go through we go through the process that we would go through if we were hiring voice actors, more or less. Um, and uh, and so what we do is first we always like you need to know what characters you have to work with, and uh, Amazon Polly gives us a lot of different characters to work with, and I'll show you some in a minute. And then uh, knowing them and knowing the content, uh, we cast uh, TTS voices into some specific roles, and then finally. Uh, we can't just let them read however they want. Uh, we actually have to direct them and tell them how they should say various things and kind of correct them when they're not doing exactly the right thing uh, based, on the, uh, based on the material or based on our vision, essentially. Uh, and that's kind of the process. So let's see how that works in practice. So uh, I mentioned that we think that uh, Polly has a ton of characters for us. And uh, they do. Uh, they have 52 voices, I guess. Uh, most of them are not in English, and our stories are exclusively in English. Uh, so actually, I think we have like 13 or something to work with um, in English. But what we found is that we can expand what Polly gives us by default um, a lot by using S SSML to change the pitch and prosody, and more recently by using the um, by using the lang tag that Remus just told us about. Uh, we can create more characters by using uh, foreign voices uh, speaking English, and also we can use uh, Polly's new. Uh, feature which which is vocal track length or timber uh, to vary these voices even more, especially when we need ch uh, child voices that works out really well. So instead of 13, we have like, uh, I think there's 40 on the slide here, and then there's 10 more that we've recently discovered with those uh, those other lang and vocal track length things. So we have all these op these options for which TTS voice to use. And, um, and so just as an example of the usefulness of this approach, we actually are very happy in many cases to have the same poly voice playing two different roles talking to one another uh, with different prosody. So let's listen to one example. Does the human not understand his own tongue? I said, the top barrel. If only my purse matched my love of dwarves. Okay, so that's Brian. Uh, and that's some content from Rogue's Choice. So you can say, Alexa, open Rogue's Choice. 
and uh, you'll get kind of an RPG style uh, dungeon crawler thing that we built with our partner Delight Games. It's pretty fun. You should give it a try. Um, and uh, so that's Brian talking to Brian. Brian High is a dwarf, and uh, Brian Normal is uh, he's the hero of the of the story. His name is Rooster, and we think that's very different and not really confusable. And we're happy to have them talk to one another. Uh, so that's how we get uh, all of our actors that we have to choose from. So in this context, we have uh, Fortune Teller. And so we have a bunch of options, like, hey, should it be Emma? Should it be Ravina? Amy's always good. Uh, so who are we going to really choose? Uh, so I mentioned in Rogue's Choice, I mentioned Rogue's Choice. So we had worked with Ravina uh, previously on a previous project. And we just love her voice. And we think it's very dynamic and adaptable and just great to listen to. Uh, so we cast her in this role. We thought she'd be perfect as a fortune teller. Um, and uh, so that's kind of where we went. But uh, let's hear it just the way she speaks it by default, just to see where we start for the next step. Ah, yes. Now you, you have a passion for adventure. And look at this. You are a good problem solver. Now, let me see. Aha. You are clearly very brave. You know, my profound intuition tells me that you, yes, you too, make a great team. Together you can do wonderful things and journey far. And I believe you two would be perfect for a particular challenge that needs solving. Tell me, are you interested in a new challenge? Okay, so uh, just let's stop there and just say like, Ravina sounds awesome by default. And if we were to stop there, it might actually be okay, because it's just a great voice. Uh, but, we, uh, but there's a few problems. Uh, one is that she's a fortune teller and she's, you know, she's telling her fortune. She's like reading your palm and she's communing with spirits or whatever she's doing. And, um, and she's just talking way too fast to convincingly uh, uh, say that she's actually like applying her profound intuition or doing any of those things. So at least we just need to slow it down a whole bunch. Uh, and then also, um, I mean, uh, we need to add some deliberation. We need to add some like, hmm, some puzzle. You know, she's puzzling about this, right? She's really thinking. Uh, so we need to add that kind of emotion to it, or like that uh, intonation at least. Uh, and then maybe we can um, we can have a convincing fortune teller. So that's what we kind of try to do. And so uh, that's just for this character. But the techniques that we apply here are pretty general, and we use them like throughout all of our stories. We always. You know, even when we're not trying to create a very particular character, these techniques I'm about to uh, tell you about, they're like, we always do them, and we feel like basically all voice applications should apply uh, at least the first two techniques uh, to sound better if you're speaking more than like a couple sentences at a time. Uh, so let's go through some of these. Uh, so the first thing we, we do often is that we punctuate for voice. Uh, usually, like the, by default, when we're writing, we write, uh, we punctuate for writing, and uh, you know there's grammatical rules for that, and um, and you know a period is at the end of a sentence, but um, but when you're uh, punctuating for voice, period means something a little bit different. Period mostly means uh, like a hard stop, and comma mostly means like uh, you know a shorter stop, uh, and so a lot. So the first thing that we do is. We, can lis we listen to it, and we remove commas where they're creating pauses that shouldn't be there, and we turn commas into periods or periods into commas, so that we get approximately the right, um, the right pace for voice. Um, and you know, those are different; those are kind of different rules, actually. So, we, uh, so this is important. And if you do this enough, you don't have to listen to it before you do this. Uh, you can just kind of just say, "Yeah, I know that needs to be a period instead of a comma," and you kind of get 
<clears throat> get a little bit good at it, and uh, and so that that's good. That's important. Uh, ah, yes. Now you you have a passion for adventure, and look at this. You are a good problem solver. Now let me see. Aha, you are clearly very brave. Okay, so uh, in, at least in my opinion, we're starting to get kind of like the right the right pauses at least to indicate where she's stopping to think and kind of like looking at your hand or whatever she's doing. Um, and, uh, and so that's good, but it's still, I mean, it's not right. And also, <clears throat> uh, we introduced a little audio defect between now and you. It sounded a little bit broken. Uh, now, it didn't sound like that when we just let Ravina do her thing. It sounded great and she didn't make any audio errors, but now that we're kind of messing with it, uh, it's kind of like you mess with it, you own it, you got to fix it sometimes. And, uh, and so we're, we're happy to do that. And uh, so the way that we fix the, the error is by using the, uh, the phoneme, well, we use uh, phoneme tag to spell out how we want it to sound uh, so that we can fix up the audio defect that we caused by messing with it too much. Um, and uh, so here we kind of use pr uh, phonetic uh, spelling. This is ex sampa. Uh, it's the same one that Remus um, uh, showed us the same uh, approach to spelling things out phonetically. So that's how you spell out you in uh, ex sampa is uh, percent GU. Okay, so, um, and th so that's the first thing we do. We fix that audio defect, and we'll listen to it in a second. But, uh, and then the next thing that we're going to start doing, and uh, again, this is like, um, we didn't start out putting break tags all over the place when we first started writing stories a long time ago. Uh, but now we realize that it's so important that we've gone back through all of our old content and just added breaks in, and it makes a, like a just a clearly perceptible difference in whether our story is comprehensible and whether users are able to keep up. Once you get past a couple sentences, the the speech rate that works well for reasonably short prompts, you kind of need to let the user catch up. And breaks are one of the main approaches that we use. At, that just really make it uh, work really well. And so 300 millisecond pauses, half second pauses. When we're using background sound, having a full second pause to let people kind of like absorb the environment, kind of listen a little bit. Uh, but a lot of, you know, half second pauses here and there uh, actually um, are important. They're like, you should do this. If you're building a voice application, you should definitely do this. Ah, yes. Now you, you have a passion for adventure. And look at this. You are a good problem solver. Now, let me see. Aha, you are clearly very brave. Okay, so that's, we're making progress. We're not quite done yet. Uh, we've started adding like the right, more of the right kind of like, where does she stop and think sort of feeling to this, at least, you know, in our opinion. Um, and, uh, and so that's where we are. And we did fix up the audio problem. So good progress, yay, go team. And uh, so, but the next thing that we do, and this is not um, critical to do all the time. This one we use um, in specific circumstances when we're really trying to create a, a very particular feel. The first two we use like everywhere, all the time, and this one in specific cases, is we use prosody. And uh, we almost always, you know, prosody, Remus showed us, can make things talk really fast, and you can become an auctioneer. Uh, what we find in our uh, kind of longer form storytelling mode is that we're always slowing it down. Like actually just, um, you know, maybe the take, a takeaway is we're always slowing down the interface. And, you know, a lot of people uh, might tell you that 
terse voice interfaces are, um, are like really important. It's important to be terse. And we kind of agree that it's important to be terse, but it's also really important to kind of like break, like make sure that your user has an opportunity to absorb what you're telling them. And that for us often, very often means slowing stuff down a little bit. And so we're, uh, here we're throwing in uh, slow and extra slow prosody along with normal to kind of uh, give a varied, um, a varied feeling, uh, uh, like a varied rate of speech to this character, uh, which is important given, given the context because she's thinking about it and she's pondering, um, and also to just create some natural variation in her speech. So let's listen. Ah, yes. Now you. You have a passion for adventure. And look at this. You are a good problem solver. Now, let me see. Aha, you are clearly very brave. Okay, so to us, this feels like progress. Uh, like a lot of progress. In fact, uh, I think this, this is the last slide. So that's, that's the progress that we made with SSML uh, by applying those techniques, which are fairly general. Um, and um, if you're using Polly, you should, we think, often use them. So, uh, but again, like you heard, the, you heard the initial presentation, it wasn't just, uh, it wasn't just Ravina, it was actually kind of the overall effect was background sounds, two different characters put together and uh, everything stuck, uh, everything together. That, that's how we, you know, that's the scene. The scene is, is, is multi-layered and rich audio experience. Uh, so we use Tailstreamer to kind of put it all together. And Tailstreamer is our markup language for adding background sounds, foreground sounds, uh, and multiple, uh, multiple voices using uh, Amazon Polly. And, uh, and we have this composer thing that does syntax highlighting and some other things. Uh, and you can, uh, as, the, as the author, you can hit that play button anytime you, you can see the play button. You can hit that play button a lot, actually, as you're doing voice editing. And then when you're ready, uh, you can like download a file if you want a file. Uh, but you can also, like we have an API, so you can also just uh, put this into your content management system and render it at runtime or whenever. Because um, the API is fast, it streams audio out. Um, it generates it as it streams it, kind of like the TTS engine um, that Remus was mentioning earlier. Uh, and so this is how we assemble the final rich multi-layered scene. Um, and, um, and so I guess that's, that's the end. Oh yeah. While we walk over to the chairs, Madame Pharaoh sits down and plays us a tune. She turns to you, taking your closest hand into both of hers. She examines it. Ah, yes. Now, you. You have a passion for adventure. And, look at this. You are a good problem solver. Now, let me see. Aha. You are clearly very brave. My profound intuition tells me that you, yes, you two, make a great team. Together you can do wonderful things and journey far. And I believe you two would be perfect for a particular challenge that needs solving. Tell me, are you interested in a new challenge? Yeah, so that's, okay, so that's the end. And so, um, yeah, that's pretty much what I have, actually. So, thank you. I guess we will take questions.
Any questions? Let us know. Let us know. Uh, actually, if you wouldn't mind, I, I don't know if you're like required to use that microphone or not, but if you wouldn't mind, could you use a microphone? I think because we're being recorded. I'm sorry. It's annoying. Are there any tools to take speech to text and then apply SSML to it? So you've got the text form and it, it layers in the uh, SSML stuff you spoke about. Sorry, the, the question is... So you have speech to text. Yes. But as it's converting it to text, it layers in the SSML. So it's, it's actually look, it understands the way it's been spoken and layers in those right. Oh, like tags. with phonetic spelling and uh, no. when it's not sure of the actual word, like actually put it in phonemes. Yeah. That's I, pretty cool idea. I, I am not fully, so the, the, the speech to text service was just launched. Uh, I'm not fully familiar with, uh, with all the, the features of, of that uh, system. Um, yes, so I, will, I, I, I can answer that. I'm okay. sorry, I can answer that question. Thank you. Go ahead. Hi. Have you found much difficulty in your storytelling uh, generating sounds like nuances in speech when somebody's searching for a word where they're saying uh or um or mm? Uh, well, yes. Um, you, we can actually, we, we can achieve that actually with SSML a lot of the time. Um, and so that's, it's difficult, but we can do it. And also uh, often we're using Alexa's voice and she has speech cons, like there's some speech cons for Alexa's voice. And uh, so you can get her to say things like, uh, oh gosh, or something in a fairly kind of crazy way. So uh, yeah, it's not that easy. Thank you. Over here. Um, yeah, at one of the skill sessions, I talked to an engineer about the lexicons and adding in like a public lexicon to do industry specific um, terminology, so say I'm in pharmaceuticals and there's a lot of brand names, um, those kinds of things that it's reading that are sort of specific to an industry. What's your experience with combining the lexicon with the SSML and do you, or do you have any kind of, uh, you know, experience with that? Um, sorry. Can, uh are there, I think the question is like, are there open source, like, are there open, open oh, okay. source lexicons for like domain specific things? Um, I, I am not aware of any, you know, of any domain specific lexicons that are, uh, that are uh, available out there. Um, the only one I, the only resource that, uh, you know, we sometimes also uh, look at is uh, about, you know, uh, the, the Wiktionary. <laughs> Uh, it's probably not exactly what, what you uh, were asking for, but I think there, there might be some overlap as well. Yeah. Uh, in SSML, you, you obviously have some of these prosody tags and the rate uh, to slow it up and so on. So these are, in some, level, some way, very low-level primitives, right? Uh, does the SSML roadmap have the idea of adding higher-level tags, like, say, anger or happy or, you know, uh, things like that, which should automatically change the prosody and so on. Sure, so, so as you've noticed, that, that is not yet uh, a feature we support. Um, but, you know, we, we continuously work on, uh, on adding new, new, uh, new features to Poly. Uh, and 
that is feedback that we'll take back to, uh, to the team. Thank you for, for your input. Yeah, because in a way, all the things that he showed, right, like being thoughtful, being deliberate, which totally. really just translates yeah. into a cer certain it, other it, tags, it, right? So you need higher level abstractions. Yes. I'm so, sure Andy yeah. would be really happy with uh, yeah, I mean, that kind of feature. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're aware of that. On one level, we know that we're doing something that, I mean, there's, a, there's an emotional aspect, but then there's also just a very content specific and use case specific uh, part of what, what we're doing there uh, in terms of like being thoughtful about what, you know? Um, and so some higher level tags are, are great, but then we'll, uh, then instead of using Prosody, we'll have to use some higher level tags, which we're happy to do. But uh, so we, what we're doing with Tailstreamer is we're creating this, this styling language on top of uh, SSML and audio and everything else that helps us worry about like volume and rate and things like that and, and actually voice selection. So um, like whatever the underlying TTS primitives are, uh, we, we see that as being a, like, a CS, like a CSS kind of thing sure. uh, where in this context we want it to be loud or we want it to be slow or something like that. And we'd want to extract, we'd want to separate that from the content just, you know, as another way of looking at the problem. Right. Now, I'm just saying, instead of writing an instruction code, it'd be nice to write in a higher level language, right? So that kind of stuff. So, uh, and yes, that would totally make it happen. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's essentially the same question, but I was wondering if you had found any tricks using uh, the tricks you do have, which could make it sound angry, uh, since it isn't a higher level. Um, angry. Let's see. You know, we noticed that mostly, uh, our characters don't get angry. That's, uh, except <laughs> we had a human character that got angry. Yeah, uh, we, get, we do excited, uh, we want excited, and, um, and that's actually pretty difficult to achieve. Uh, and so we use uh, strange, we use holy guacamole uh, in some context because it, uh, it sounds like you're excited even if, the, um, even if the, the TTS voice isn't really super excited about it. Uh, and you know we use that one sometimes. So uh, actually, adding emotion to uh, it's hard. Uh, actually, it's pretty hard. And that's when we call the humans. Actually, how do you keep the conversation on on the tracks per se when when somebody says something completely unexpected? Uh, that's error recovery, and uh, like conversational error recovery, and we're. We have a very simple approach, which is we just tell them that that's not something you can do, and then uh, we give them hints. We have, we have like a like a, an evolving, rotating set of um, of hints we give when people give us instructions that we just can't deal with, and then also we look at our analytics and figure out what people are actually saying, and then we go back and we um, we provide custom answers for things that we can't do, but we know people are doing a lot. Like when people answer riddles incorrectly, but with the same answer all the time, then we're like, oh, okay, well that's, I guess, a very understandable thing that we should provide a, a reasonable answer to, not just say that's not something you can do here, which would be annoying. I see, thank you. Great talk, I also got a thank question. Um, basically, the examples you showed were just a highlight where you try to achieve a special effect, and most of the time you're just using the standard words, or do you do this with every sequence? And how much time do you put in that? Is it then still cheaper than basically having a professional speaker speaking this? Um, so, great question. Um, and uh, we look at it a few different ways. Um, one is that 
we we always spend a little bit of time on like breaks and pauses and just and uh, just spacing it out and slowing it down a little bit. We apply that across like all of our content basically. Um, and even, uh, yes, so we do that. But that's actually really fast and easy to do, especially once you kind of uh, do it a few times. So then the question is like, when, uh, like, how much time do we put into this particular segment, which is very rare in the amount of time that we uh, put into this particular. This was the most complex SSML that we found in all of our you know, tens of thousands of lines of, um, of story content. This was the most complex one. Uh, this one took, uh, this was probably like three hours or something like that. Three or three or four hours of just kind of like playing around, I would say. Um, and uh, and so uh, for us, it was worth it because we really thought we could um, we could achieve the right effect at the end. Like we're pretty sure because we love Ravina and she, we thought we, she would be perfect for this. Um, and then also we have complete control over how we change it. And actually, we did change it. We chopped up scenes. We moved things around. And so that level of flexibility for us, which we even apply after production, is worth some, is, is, is absolutely for us worth some upfront uh, time. But then I would say, like, we also have a wizard character in the same story. And we, we really, based on our experience, there was no hope that we would, that we would get a great result for a wizard with, um, you know, so we just hired a guy. And, uh, and that was best money we spent, like, you know, Best money we've spent on the Magic Door is on a few voice actors here or there. Uh, they make a huge difference in specific contexts. Thank you. I have a question. Uh, Polly is amazing, <laughs> and um, but still, um, it sounds uh, a little bit uh, unnaturally, and uh, I wonder. Uh, because uh, human uh, speech is uh, very, uh, I mean, uh, intonation can change every millisecond, for example, and uh, it uh, will be very difficult to put something like this using this uh, ML language, XML. So do you have any insights maybe on how this problem uh, could be solved? Like to make it sound more naturally without putting a lot of, I mean, changing intonation of every letter, for example. Sure, I mean, um, so we'll not go into the details of what exactly we are planning to do. There's a, there's a full roadmap on, uh, on, on, on staff that we will attempt to, uh, uh, to research and eventually apply to our voices. But yes, we, I mean, there is effort, there is constant effort, ongoing effort to, to improve that, that aspect as well. Um, and to, you know, to get as close to, uh, as possible to that type of experience out of the box. Um, and I mean, obviously out of the box, you won't be able to create a, uh, a fortune teller's voice. But um, in terms of, of, of naturalness, uh, there, there will be, uh, you know, stay tuned for, for more improvements likely to come. <laughs> Thank you. And I wonder, uh, do you have like a Turing test for voice? Like uh, if you don't see the speaker? We, we certainly, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a version, let's call it, of the, the Turing test. We do our, you know, internal benchmarking and, um, and our, 
uh, reference is the original voice talent with which we record the data used for, for training a voice, right, for building a voice. And yeah, we do want to get as close or above, you know, more natural than the, uh, than the original voice. Uh, we're close. We're pretty close. Sorry if you've uh, spoken about this in the beginning because I came late. Uh, but if you want to emphasize one word in the sentence, which is really important in, in English especially, uh, how, how can you do that? Because uh, if you have, for example, the sentence, this is not a blue car, you can say, this is not a blue car, this is not a blue car, or this is not a blue car. And how, how do you cope with uh, this kind of problems? Because I've been trying to use the uh, emphasis, emphasis tag, but it doesn't really work, uh, it doesn't really sound naturally. So is there any, any other way? Then? Sure, so um, yeah, that, that would have been my, my suggestion, uh, to, you know, to try you to use the, the emphasis tag, uh, which, I mean, we are aware that it doesn't, it doesn't always get the, you know, the exact expected, expected output. Uh, and there's, that, there's also... Is that because there's multiple different types of emphasis and um, that's just one tag? That's one of the things. Okay, uh, that's yeah, and I mean, the output of text-to-speech uh, is it's so much uh, dependent on, on a specific context, right? Mm -hmm. um, and depends a lot on, on how the voice itself has been trained. So... Um, there is ongoing work to uh, to improve that that part as well. Right now, it's but until now, you'd right. say like uh, to combine maybe uh, the pitch and, and right and yeah. So you should try that. You that should works. Well, absolutely. That's what I've been trying, but oh. it's usually very very difficult to combine all, all these tags to. It, it would. Why don't you send it? Send it to me. I'll, I'll take a look. Sorry. Send it to me. I, I would be interested. Like email me. There's this uh, new feature uh, Andy, uh, Andy mentioned earlier. That, you could experiment with that as well, is the changes in vocal track length. That, you know, to some extent could be applied to, uh, to see if you can create the effect of emphasis in certain, uh, certain contexts there. Okay. Thanks. Cool, thank you guys. Thank you very much.